Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In 1 John chapter 2, the Apostle John declared, quote, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. As Christians, one of our greatest privileges is growing to know the love of our Heavenly Father more and more and more. The world's system, however, which is completely contrary to our Heavenly Father, will keep us from knowing His love and walking in His love. Let's open our Bible now to 1 John chapter 2, that we may learn how to truly walk in the love of our Heavenly Father. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It's a Wednesday morning here in Texas and uh, it's another good morning to be spending time with Jesus, to be loving on Jesus, to be spending time in the in the word of God and in the son of God. So thank you, Lord Jesus. As we had said last time, uh, when we recorded the last teaching, it was the day after Israel was attacked and uh, just still just still in prayer, just just earnestly praying um, that that the nations would come to know Jesus, the solution to everything. Okay. The solution to every problem everywhere really is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, as I said last time, again, even as, even as Christians, terrorists attack Christians in the same way that they do Jewish people, you know, or others, there's no, there's no rationale for it. It is absolute. It is evil at the deepest and greatest level. Um, and, you know, just, it ought to drive us to a desire for Jesus to come. When Jesus comes and touches down on earth again, we won't have any of these problems. I was praying last night. I was sharing with, uh, with one of our elders, Jesse, how I was down on my knees and, pleading with Jesus, even in an angry way, I had to repent, saying, come, Lord Jesus, come, Lord Jesus, because we are certain that when Jesus touches down and and executes his full authority over the universe, he can do it at any moment at any time. Okay, he has the power to do it right now, immediately. He is our God. But when he does all all evil will be extinguished. And, and as I was talking to the guys yesterday, obviously we want to continue to work on all the things that we're, we're learning in this book of First John, and that is living a more holy and Christ-centered lives ourselves. But Father, we do thank you for your mercy, your favor, and goodness on our lives. We thank you for your word. We thank you for First John. Father, we do lift up the Middle East to you right now. We lift up the nation of Israel. Father, we ask you to be with them, Lord, as they've come under this this horrific attack, Lord, this terrorist attack, Father, I pray that that the entire Middle East, Israel, Palestine, Syria, Iran, Iraq, Lord, uh, Lebanon, that 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 all of these nations would come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they would come to the Son of God, that they would open their hearts to the Word of God, Father, and that they would be saved. Father, we do pray that all Israel would turn to you, Lord Jesus, their Messiah, their Savior, the same Messiah that's the Savior of the whole world. Jesus, we proclaim you. 
We worship you and we thank you. We ask for your mercy, your mercy and your healing and your provision to all the families that have been just devastated, Lord, in this war now. Father, the war in Ukraine, just Lord Jesus, you told us there'd be wars and rumors of wars. So we just ask for your mercy and your presence. But more than anything, Lord Jesus, we ask that you would come. Come, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. We ask you to give us eyes that see, ears that hear, hearts that understand. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, the, the Bible ends with the Apostle John in the book of Revelation, right? Chapter 22, it ends with the Apostle John saying, amen, come, Lord Jesus. There, there ought to be a desire in your heart for Jesus to come knowing that everything will be set straight and there will be heaven on earth when our King, our God, and our Savior, Jesus Christ, comes and touches down. So come, Lord Jesus. All right, we're in 1 John uh, chapter 2. We're going to do verses at least 15, 16, and 17. I may be able to get to a few more here, but these three verses are... Uh, I mean, every verse is a massively important verse, but the ramifications of these are overwhelming. So 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. Wow. Okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So the Apostle John in these first two chapters has, you know, has been saying a, a lot. I write this to you. I write this to you. In verse one of chapter two, he said, I write this to you so that you will not sin. Um, in chapter one, he says, you know, I write this to you so that you'll have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. Um, so he's consistently giving reasons as to why he's writing the book. And, he, and, he, and he's also driving us to look inside of ourselves. He's, he's consistently said, if anyone claims, if anyone claims to have this fellowship, this relationship with Jesus, but it's not, it's not evidenced in a lifestyle that's consistent with that claim, then, then they really ought to examine themselves to see if they really are Christians, if they really are saved. And so when we get here to verse 15, John says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, when he says world here, he's not talking about the planet, okay? Um, when he says the world, he's talking about loving the world system. He's talking about you know, being enchanted, being attracted to uh, the way the world lives, the way the world does things. The world actually lives. The world system is in opposition to the word of God, the Bible, and the Son of God, Jesus Christ our Lord. So when he says, do not love the world, if we look into our hearts, pretty much all of us as Christians can see you know, a certain desire in us. I can see still a certain desire or attraction in me for some of the things the world has to offer, right? Um, you know, sometimes we can be, be enchanted 
you know, um, are, are drawn in by by the world system. And that's something as Christians we need to, as we grow and mature in Jesus, more and more and more and more, we need to be we need to be walking away from the world and all the world has to offer. Now, this doesn't mean we, you know, we go into the the deep mountains somewhere and live in, in, in a monastery. Okay. I forget who said it, but it's a famous quote that you can, you know, you can take the man out of the world, but you can't take the world out of the man, right? Meaning if I was to go on a, a you know, to a monastery somewhere and just live in the mountains as a, as a monk and, and completely cut myself off from the world and the world system, the problem is I would take the world that's in me with me to that place. Does that make sense? Do not love the world or anything in the world. So again, all of us as Christians are in this world and we have an enemy. The devil, the demonic forces will tempt, you know, our flesh, right? Will will tempt our sinful nature and desire, you know, the things that the world has to offer, right? Again, it's it's good for us to live in the joy of what the Lord has provided for us, but we need to do it in a manner that's consistent with the scriptures. We do want to live in joy. It's a blessing to be to be happy. But these things ought to come from a growing and deep intimacy, relationship, and fellowship with our Heavenly Father, with Jesus Christ our Lord, and with the Holy Spirit. So again, if, if you claim to be a Christian today, and he's going to talk about this, Verse 15, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If if you are completely enraptured by the world, if you are claiming to be a Christian today and that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, but but really you don't you don't live your life in any manner or in any way based on a biblical worldview. You're not living your life in a way with a desire to please Jesus and to live for him and to grow to be like him, as John has already said, right? Um, you know, if you're not looking to walk as Jesus did, what was that? Verse six, um, uh, verse six, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. The opposite of all of this, what's in total rebellion to this is the world system. The world system does not want Jesus. It doesn't want Jesus as Lord. It doesn't want to submit to him. It is literally anti-Christ. And we're going to talk about that, um, you know, and, and, you know, maybe we'll get to it this time, but it'll probably be next time when John is talking about, you know, there, there are different anti-Christs. And those are just, those are individuals who are actually against Jesus, who not only don't believe in Jesus, who don't want Jesus, who don't want his rule in their lives. Do not love the world or anything in the world. Father, I ask you to forgive me still for, for, for just, you know, for whatever attractions are in me to the world and the world system. Father, we ask you to, to help us, help us, Holy Spirit, to put to death the things that are in us, the desires we have that are not consistent with the word of God and the son of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So look what John says. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So again, we see here the first consequence of what it means to have this love for the world. 
Now, again, even as Christians, we do live in this world, but to the extent that we engage in the world, the world system, the system that is against Jesus, right, um, that we cannot walk and understand and experience what's called the love of the Father here. What is this thing? If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Okay, so so these two things apparently cannot coexist. Okay, you cannot be infatuated with the world and in the exact same moment be infatuated with your heavenly Father in Jesus Christ our Lord and the Holy Spirit. Now, what am I saying? So again, I already said all of us as Christians are are working and will spend the rest of our lives working to get to get to you know to get this world out of us so to speak and to be more and more obedient to the to, to a biblical worldview into the into the world of our heavenly father in Jesus Christ our lord and the holy spirit none of us are 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 you know have all of the world out of us but to the extent that you and I grow to be less and less enthralled attracted and engulfed in the world in the world system, to that extent, can we grow to not only experience the love of the Father, but then to, to share that love of the Father with others? The issue is that, uh, you know, I was talking to, again, the two elders yesterday, a separate conversation, uh, Tom and Jesse and myself were discussing, you know, just why it is that we, we don't take, you know, what we perceive to be, you know, the the little sins more serious than we should, right? Why is it that we're not looking to to kill the selfishness in us more and more and more in me, the impatience in me? Why am I not more off put, you know, with with the little things? And and Jesse made the point that again, we just we we don't care enough, right? We don't we we don't care enough about it. If we understood what it means to not be able to experience the love of the Father, to walk in the love of the Father, um, and to share the love of the Father. If we knew what we were missing because of this love for the world or our willingness to engage the world and its systems, if we could really understand what we were missing out on, we, we would quickly get the world out of us. This is a big deal. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. There is, there are, there, there is nothing more important in our relationship, in our relationship with Jesus Christ, than the fact that God the Father is our heavenly Father. And to know this love of the Father, and then to live our lives in the love of the Father, in love to our heavenly Father, and then loving others our brothers and sisters in Christ in this love of the father is the greatest privilege of our lives as Christians. Obviously the greatest benefit is that our sins are forgiven. We're delivered from eternal hell and the wrath of God, the father, right? But now having become Christians, having received eternal life, having relationship with God, the father as our heavenly father, right? Romans eight says we cry out, Abba, Father, right? 
So as, as a believer in Jesus Christ today, are you experiencing this love of the Father? Are you walking in this love of the Father? Do you have a, a love for him? Do you cry out to him? Cry, I don't mean necessarily cry, but do you talk to your heavenly Father, right? Do you pray, Father? Again, as, as, a, as a Christian, you can pray to any member of the Trinity. They're all God, right? One being Three separate, distinct individual persons, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And in Jesus, we have relationship with each of them. We can pray to any of them. We should praise and thank them, right? You remember the old hit, the old hymn there? I forget, I forget what it's called, but it ends, you know, praise God for whom all blessings flow. And then it ends, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, right? So we... Again, uh, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit, they're all God. But this love of our Father that we have in Jesus Christ our Lord is something of, 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 of incomparable value. And the more we engage in the world system, the less we will engage in this love of the Father. Look at verse 16. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man the lust of his eyes and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the father, but from the world. So again, there, there is a world system. Again, it's not talking about the earth here. There is a world system, a world, a, a way of doing things that the world does it that is opposite our heavenly father, Jesus Christ, our Lord and the Holy Spirit. And John gives us three things here. Look at the first one. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man. So again, when, when we engage our sinful nature, remember, um, you know, our sinful nature when we receive Christ, the power has been taken from it but, it, but it hasn't been eradicated, okay? That's why we still can be tempted to sin because we still have this nature to sin, right? Now, again, in Jesus Christ, the power has been removed from our sinful nature, but it's still there. And, you know, uh, we still can be tempted to it, right? In our own flesh and, and by the, the spiritual forces of evil, the, dem the devil and the demons, right? For everything in the world, again, what's in the world system? The cravings of sinful man. So again, when we indulge our sinful nature, when we live in a way contrary to the word of God and what the Bible teaches, right? Um, you know, that, that desire to live in a sinful way, a way contrary to what the scriptures teach, right? Um, you know, it's called the lust of his eyes, right? The cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, right? So again, this can be, this can be gluttony. This can be a, 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 a lust for, you know, for, you know, notoriety, um, Obviously, it can be a, a physical or sexual immorality, right? Um, a lust for, for sexual fulfillment outside of marriage, right? Um, and, and again, um, whether it's, it's, uh, it's heterosexual lust or homosexual lust, they're all sexual immorality, right? Equally displeasing to our Heavenly Father, equally sinful, right? Um, for everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes and the boasting of what he has and does. This boasting is just, is just a pride, right? We have this pride when we, when we look at ourselves, 
many of us as Christians, we can catch ourselves, we can find ourselves consistently speaking oftentimes of how we're good at something, right? Um, and again, that doesn't come from our father, right? Um, now, this doesn't mean we deny, we don't have false humility. You know, you know, if you're good at something as a Christian, if you're a, if you're a carpenter and you can build a house, you don't, you know, you don't down yourself and say, oh, I'm no good at anything. But this boasting of what he has and does comes not from the father, but from the world, because anything that we actually do well is not a result of ourselves, right? You remember, you remember Paul in 1 Corinthians 4 say, you know, um, you know, why do you boast, right? When, when everything that we have, right, is a blessing, yet we boast as if it's not, right? Um, you know, when we're boasting or when we're prideful, we are actually thinking it's because of us that we're good at something. Now, yes, we do have to, to practice. We do have to take the gifts that our father has given us, the talents that he's given us, the things that we're, we're good at or talented at, and we have to hone them. But if he hadn't blessed us, if he hadn't given us them, given them to us, if he hadn't given us life and breath and salvation, then, then we could do nothing, right? So this, you know, this boasting of what he has and does, again, it's we, we ought not to be to be consistently speaking about how good we are at things. Okay. Again, it's 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 a pride in us that that doesn't come from our Heavenly Father. It's sinful. It comes from the world. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father but from the world. So again, we want to examine ourselves. We want to, you know, we want to look into ourselves. We want to see how are we living our lives, you know, with, 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 the, with the cravings of things that we know the scripture prohibits, okay? Um, how are we living in, in disobedience, right? To the things that the Bible teaches, right? This lust of our eyes, again, it can be a, it can be a lust for 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 fame or notoriety or position. It can be a a lust for money, right? It can be greed, which is you know I just want more and more money to spend on me and my life, and so I can have a more comfortable life. Um, it, you know, it can be a lust for food to always want the best foods and more food and the nicest foods, right? It's it's gluttony, and you know certainly it can be a a sexual lust, right? It could be a sexual immorality. Um, it could be a, a lust to uh, to desire, if you're a man, to desire a woman that's not your wife. Um, you know, it, it could be a, if you're a woman and you're lusting after a man that's not your husband. Um, and again, this is uh, this is all sexual immorality, whether it's homosexuality or heterosexuality. Again, biblical marriage is only between a man and a woman. So if if you're living in sexual immorality um, and you're lusting after, you know, if you're a man and you're lusting after a woman that's not your wife or a woman lusting after a man that's not your husband, um, that's sexual immorality. Any lust for a, a man lusting after another man or a woman lusting after another woman. All of these things are sexual immorality um, and they're not of the father, but from the world. As verse 16 says, and these things keep us 
from experiencing the love of our Father, from walking in the love of our Father, walking in love toward our Heavenly Father, and then walking in love toward others, right? The great commandments Jesus gave us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, right? Our first priority is to, is to love our Heavenly Father, to love Jesus Christ our Lord, to love the Holy Spirit, and, to, and we do that by living a lifestyle that's pleasing to them, right? But then we want to, to love others, our brothers and sisters in Christ, with that love of the Father, right? So again, the more we indulge the world system in all these ways, you know, the more boasting we are, the more prideful we are, you know, the less that we're able to experience and experience and walk in the love of our heavenly Father. All right, look at verse 17. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. It's a powerful verse, right? So all of these things, all of these worldly things, all of these things that the world has to offer us are, are temporary, right? You remember in Matthew 4 where the, the devil tempted Jesus and he failed every time in tempting Jesus, right? Because all of these worldly things that we're tempted to are temporary, right? We know that. We know that we're all going to die and then stand before Jesus in judgment. The world and its desires pass away. Ultimately, we're not gonna we're not gonna have this world system anymore, and we're not gonna desire the things of the world anymore. They're of no value to us. They're actually harmful to us, right? This the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does, right? These things are you know they're gonna pass away. They're you know there'll be a time when they don't they don't exist anymore. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. And all of this obviously means the man or woman who does the will of God, which is to say we increasingly live our lives based on the word of God, the Bible, the son of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord, living in step with the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit and the word of God, actively repenting when we fall short, right? The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the, the will of God lives forever. So again, not only will you live forever in all eternity. Now, again, you don't get saved by not living according to the world system. We're saved only by trusting and relying in what Jesus has done in our place and on our behalf, right? By receiving Jesus. But when it says, but the man who does the will of God lives forever, we'll, we'll have life forever. We'll experience the, the love of the Father now. We'll be experiencing deep fellowship and intimacy and relationship with our Heavenly Father, with Jesus Christ our Lord, and with the Holy Spirit even now. The world and its desires pass away. They're not worth anything. But the man who does the will of God lives forever again when we have a lifestyle of obeying our Heavenly Father, of obeying Jesus, of obeying the Holy Spirit, of living in, living a life that's pleasing to them by obeying the scriptures and doing what the Bible tells us, this shows that we have real eternal life living in us, that Jesus, 
the son of God, God, the son really is living in us and, you know, in drawing us to know him more and to live our lives more in the love of the father in a way that's pleasing to our heavenly father. Mm. Golly. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. Father, I ask you to forgive me. Forgive us, Father, again, where we have, where we have entertained the world and the world system, Lord, or where, where we haven't been quick to repent over even things that we may consider small, Father, whether it be gossip or, or impatience, Lord, or, or selfishness. Um, Father, I ask you to forgive us. And I ask you to help us, Holy Spirit, that we might not continue to miss out on walking in the love of our Heavenly Father, on knowing the love of the Father, on experiencing the love of the Father more and more and more and more. And I ask you to help us, Father, that we might experience your love more, that we might drive more and more of that world out of us, that you, Holy Spirit, might drive more and more of that world out of us. Lord Jesus, help us to just consistently turn away from the cravings of our, of our sinful nature, you know, to turn away from the lust of our eyes and just to, you know, all these things that the world system tries to offer us and forgive us where we've been prideful and boasting about, about the things that we do well, that we could do nothing if not for you, Jesus. We could do nothing, Lord. Why do we boast? as if it didn't come from you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal this message to our hearts now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.